There's a wonderful narrative that's found in the Old Testament writings of the book of Job. And you have to understand the history of the book of Job. And for 21 chapters in the book of Job, all we saw was Job's destruction, trials, tribulation, lost his health, lost his wealth. He lost all of his children at once in one horrific, horrible situation. He lost the confidence of his wife, said to him as he was struggling just to stay alive, his wife said to him, why don't you just curse God and die? But then uh, chapter 22, verse 28 of the book of Job we find these most profound words. Having gone through all that Job went through, somewhere buried in the text were these words. If thou wilt decree a thing, if thou can declare a thing, it shall be established. <laughs> uh, in the midst of all the calamities, God sent a word to Job and said, I know you're going through something, but in the midst of what you're going through, if you can just muster the faith to declare or decree a thing, I shall get better. I am healed. Things will work out. It will be established. Woo. And then the end of Job reads like this, chapter 42, verse 10. And when Job prayed for his friends, God turned the captivity of Job around and gave him twice as much as he had before. Look at somebody and say, declare it, declare it, decree it, decree it, speak it, speak it. In the midst of everything you're going through, have the faith to declare, I am more than a conqueror. I am here. I am the head Woo. and not the tail. Eternal Father, we thank you. We bless you. We thank you for the faith to declare what we cannot see. Thank you for the faith uh, to decree a thing although it has not yet been manifested thank you Lord someone somewhere right now is declaring something all over this country all over this world someone at their house someone right now holding that iPad sitting at their kitchen table they are declaring a thing someone in this sanctuary right now is declaring something and we know what your word says now bless this sacred moment let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight you are to our strength and our redeemer 
It is in your name we pray. And everybody that loves the Lord, help us worship, worship with the team. If you're at home, wherever you are, speak. Come on. ministry I've learned uh, since 2020 to speak what I cannot see to declare what I hope would be anybody can rejoice over something you see but how many of you have learned how to speak it before you see it declare it before you feel it thank you Lord thank you choir Thank you so much to those of you that are joining us. So much it's so good to see you back in this place. To those of you that are are still viewing virtually, we understand and take your time. Uh, no pressure at all. If God is blessing you to view virtually and you feel safer doing that, and we want you to do that. Amen. If there's anything we've learned in the last year and a half is that the anointing is not relegated to a place. Amen. Uh, neither is the Spirit of God. Amen. And so we ask those of you to do what you feel comfortable doing. In the meantime, let me just say this. Uh, this virus, this pandemic is not over. Amen. If, there, if you've been following real news, somebody say real news. And not your Facebook friends posting fake stories. Then you've seen that there's a Delta a variant that is sweeping the country. And it is having a dramatic impact on those areas among those people who've not yet been vaccinated. I saw a statistic that was mind-blowing. And I said... Numbers speak for themselves. I know some of you have been debating folk whether or not they want to get vaccinated. I've got people that I'm close to that I've been encouraging them to get vaccinated. And there are all kinds of reasons why. A lot of them are bogus. A lot of them are just what I call perpetual sharing from one internet troll to another one about what's gone wrong. But here's a number that I want you to consider. This is from the Department of Health. This is from the CDC. This is from DHEC here in South Carolina. 
I asked the question myself. I wanted to make sure. And I asked a friend of mine who's a CEO at a hospital. I said, tell me of the people that you're seeing hospitalized, those that are in intensive care, what percent of them have not been vaccinated? He says, 90 plus, 90 plus. And I says, here's another question, as sad as it is, of those who are dying, particularly recently, last several months, since the vaccinations come out, what percent of those that unfortunately have lost their lives have not been vaccinated. He said to me something that was mind-blowing. He says, Darrell, sit down when I tell you this. But 95 to 98% of all the deaths are preventable because they are among those who have not been vaccinated. And he says, you want to hear something that's even more mind-blowing? Many of them now are younger people who choose not to. We understand that's your choice. And all I say to everyone, whenever you make a decision, make the decision based on facts. I'm not judging anyone. I'm not trying to pressure you to do something you don't want to do. All I would tell you is to read the facts, get the true facts, and then you make that decision of whether it's worth it for you and your household, for you and your life. Someone who's a healthcare provider said to me that the saddest thing they saw was a young man who came into the hospital, underlying conditions, eventually lost his life. His young wife said, you don't know how much I begged him several months ago to get vaccinated. Healthcare professional looked at me, and you can see the emotions, and says, here's the sad part, Senator Jackson. He's talking to me in my capacity as a senator. This was avoidable. This was avoidable. And he said to us and a group of us who were in a committee, if you have anybody you love, don't think you can harass them too much. Because when they succumb to the virus, and if, unfortunately, they lose their lives, it's then too late. It says, I wish I would have stayed on them a little bit more. I wanted to take this moment just to share that, particularly to our radio audience, particularly to our virtual audience, particularly to those you love. Tell them. Love them, that's why you are harassing them. The numbers speak for themselves. To those who say, why take the vaccine? All I want you to say is 95%. They ask you, what does that mean? 95% of those who are losing their lives are not vaccinated. No arguments, no anything. Let the numbers be the message speak for themselves. Amen. I love you. That's why I'm sharing that with you here today. To God be the glory. Amen.
There's a word from the Lord this morning as we continue this sub-series of our series that we've adopted for the year, which is our theme to restore, support, and strengthen. Over the last several weeks, God has asked us to look at a sub-series of this that is for a lack of a better title is simply called Attitudes, in which God said to me that in order for some of us to be restored, to be strengthened, a lot of it depends on our attitudes. Attitudes do matter. And so we started something the first Sunday in June, started something that we said we would share throughout this summer dealing with attitudes. This is the fourth message in this series. We invite you when the series is over to inquire about how you can get all of these messages and share them with others and allow them to encourage you over and over again. Our text this morning is once again taken from Romans chapter 12. This morning, our verses are 9 and verse 10, reading once again from the New Living Translation. Hear the reading of God's holy word. Verse 9, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Can I read that again? <laughs> don't just pretend like you love people, okay? Really love them. Hate what is hold tightly to what is good. Verse 10, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his words. For the next few moments, I want to speak to you from the subject, an attitude of love. An attitude of love. As we said earlier, as we introduced this message, for the last several weeks, we have been talking about the importance of attitudes, particularly as it relates to our relationship with each other and relationship with the Lord. We each of the previous messages that the foundation of most relationships revolves around attitudes. Our attitudes matters. You know in any relationship that you've ever been a part of, attitudes matter. I often tell people all the time, you are better off with somebody who's less attractive, who's drop-dead gorgeous, but absolutely nasty. And the church said, amen. Amen. Because gorgeous can't do nothing for the headache that they're going to eventually cost you. Amen. Our attitude not only shapes our behavior, it not only shapes how we act. Listen to this. 
It also shapes our destiny. Attitudes shape where you end up. Some people look back over their lives and they are incredibly talented and gifted and they wonder why they are not further along. Perhaps self-inspection would be necessary to look at the fact is, what about your attitude? How you treat people? Your demeanor? Uh, what kind of vibes do you put out? Amen. For the last three messages, we've dealt with three kinds of attitudes. An attitude of gratitude, being thankful. An attitude of contentment, uh, being grateful and contented with what God is doing in your life. Contentment is not having everything you want, but wanting what you already have. And then on last Sunday, we dealt with an attitude of humility. Humility is an important attribute in our attitude, particularly as it relates to our relationship with God. And now, in today's message. Today's message, we would like to... to consider yet another attitude, an important attitude, I should say. It is an attitude of love. Go with me on this because perhaps some of you, like I was when I uh, first began to put this message together, have gone back and forth. Is love an attitude? Is it or is it not? And here's what I was led Uh, to really believe that when we speak of an attitude of love, we're not just speaking about how we feel about someone. When we speak of an attitude of love, we're not just talking about how we feel about something. I love him. I love her. I love that. I love my house. I love my job. But we are speaking about how we live our lives lives. An attitude of love is a way of life, not how you feel. It is not a feeling because feelings can be lost. Feelings could go and come. Uh, old time song, y'all don't know anything about this, but Deacon Lumpkin know this guy, Fats Domino and all of them. Young people looking at me, who in the world is that? Used to have a song a long time ago, I was told Okay, you used to have a song a long time ago about I've lost my thrill on, yeah, Deacon Simmons, you know, on Blueberry Hill, not Sugar Hill, but but, but, but Blueberry Hill. What it simply means is that feelings come and go. There are people who feel about you one way that may not feel about you 10 years later. They may love your bottle shape, but not, but let me go, but, 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 but as you mature and grow in life, maybe the shape changes. Maybe, maybe, they, maybe they love the way you look now, but it, will you love me 30 years from now when you don't necessarily look the same? If you base everything on feelings, what do you do when the feelings change? Attitude is a way of life. There's a constant debate uh, in, in scholarship or in the academic world, on particular in the psycho, uh, 
analyst academic world of is love a noun? Is it what is love? And there are people who debate that. Uh, Stephen Covey in the book, The Seven uh, Effectual Habits of Successful People, uh, perhaps was one of the earliest ones to declare that love is a verb. It is not just a noun. There's an article that I referenced that was published in 2018. The article was published by Eric Forum. And the author of the article is quoted as saying this, and I quote, love is an act of productivity. It isn't a feeling. It is a righteous. See, if all love was is what you said or how you felt, then everybody will love you. Everybody can be in love. But love is a righteous. Love is what you do, not just what you say. They're all kind of Romeos who can make you feel good by what they say. But they have a hard time backing up their words with actions. As somebody said a long time ago, uh, feelings don't pay your bills. Amen. Feelings do not make the mortgage. Feelings do not make the car payments, nor do good looks. Preach Pastor Jackson. Amen. So love is a practice. It is what you do. The author of this intriguing article goes on to say, and I quote, the act of loving sets into motion our intrinsic abilities to feel, to empathize, and to appreciate the existence of another unconditionally, objectively, and joyfully. So what, what does all of that mean, Pastor Jackson? It means that an act of love loves people unconditionally. Not when they become lovable. Not when they straighten up. Not when all of their bad habits have been eradicated. But real love loves unconditionally. I don't love you because of what you've done. I love you because of who you are. And I love you because God loves me first. That's what an act of love is. It is unconditionally, objectively, joyfully, even loving the bad in somebody. Doesn't mean you condone it. Doesn't mean that you always have to accept it. But it means that love never runs away. Can I preach to someone? Love runs to you, not away from you. If you have people in your life been running away from you when things go wrong, then they never did really love you. Amen. If you've got people that aren't there through thick or thin, then they never did love you. Call it something else. Call it an affectuation. Call it an attraction. Call it lust, if you will. But please don't call it love. Don't insult love like that. Because it really isn't love. Listen, God's unconditional love for us is one of the greatest gifts that we will ever receive. 
For Jesus says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so our unconditional love for others is one of the greatest gifts we can ever give. You want to give someone a wonderful gift? Give them unconditional love. Look at the text. As we turn to the text, which is found in the same book, the book of Romans, same chapter, chapter 12, that we spoke from on last week. Uh, and examine, let us examine what it says to us today concerning another important attitude, which is an attitude of love. Listen, as we stated in last week's message, Paul writes this incredible epistle as a statement of his theology, of his beliefs on how those who are new converts to Christ, how those who are new to Christianity can have their lives transformed by their faith in Jesus Christ and how they should live their lives as being transformed. Look at verse 2 of Romans chapter 12. It says it all. Paul writes these most profound words, the New Living Translation. He says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But this is a part I like. But let God transform you into a new person. How is that possible? By changing the way you think. Here's what the text says. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. If you want someone to be different, change the way they think. Change the way they... I, I am convinced that too often we want to change habits and not mindsets. Am I right? Because see, you can change a habit temporarily, but eventually it comes back to the same place. You've heard the expression, you can dress a pig up put a pig on a dress, put lipstick on it, take it away from the pig pen. But the moment it sees mud, it goes back in it. Because it is the pig's nature to love the mud. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody. If you change someone's mindset, then they become a different person. They become a person, as Paul writes in chapter 6, who walks in the newness of life. Listen, we pointed out in last week's message that Paul suggested that those whose lives have been transformed should demonstrate certain attributes in their everyday life. We talked in the three previous messages about contentment. We talked about gratitude. We talked about humility. But then in verses 9 and 10, where our text is taken today, Paul goes a step further. Quite honestly, I think he gets a little deeper into the word and even deeper in our mindsets 
Because now he's challenging something that is familiar to us, but for us to look at it from a different perspective. We all know about love. Paul has written about love. But he says, I want you to look at love from a different perspective. I want you to look at love as an act of love, as an attitude of love. And then you will see it different. So he writes these most incredible, profound words that's found in verses 9 and verse 10 of our text. Let me share with him and I'm almost done. He writes these words. He says, don't just pretend to love others. Look at what he says. Really love them. He says, hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Verse 10, he says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. What incredible words Paul writes. And so God showed me three key insights that we can take from these two simple verses. And I want to share them uh, with you before we conclude. Three key, powerful, yet simple insights. I told you God has changed my whole uh, way of viewing, preaching, and teaching. God says keep it simple. Uh, minimize all of the confusing stuff, but just get to where people can put their arms around something that they can digest and grow with. Amen. Listen to what Paul says. The first key insight is this. We must sincerely, and the key word is sincerely, love others. Uh, you must sincerely love others. Listen to what Paul writes in verse 9. And I want to share this with you from three translations. The original translation that we read was the New Living Translation that says, don't pretend to love others, really love them. Key word is stop pretending. But listen to how the Message Bible puts it. The Message Bible says, and I quote, love from the center of who you are. But this is the part that I like. The Message Bible goes on and says, don't fake it. No, don't fake it till you make it. Stop faking it and make it. Amen. Too many of us have adopted uh, the theme, fake it until you make it. No, stop it and make it and don't fake it. Because faking doesn't help anyone. Amen. We've got too many fake friends with fake affection and people got fake relationships and they end up in a fake place. Preach Pastor Jackson. Can I say this? Wow, because they fell for the okey-doke a long time ago. They gave you a sign from the beginning that they love themselves more than they love you. Amen. Uh, and can, can, I, can I help y'all? If somebody don't love their family, what make you think they're going to love you? Just y'all, y'all gonna get mad at me. Please don't get mad. But if they didn't love their old family, O O L D, used to be family, what make you think they're gonna love the new family? 
Oh, Pastor Jackson, you didn't really have to say that, did you? Yes, I did. Because people rarely change without a powerful transformation by God. I'm not saying they cannot change, but God has to do the changing. All your hugs and kisses, all your beautiful outfits, all the beautiful decorations in your house, all of that doesn't make a pig don't want mud. Amen. It, it's still crazy what its DNA said they were made of. And until you've been changed by the power of God. Listen to how the New International Version put this. Still, first point, we sincerely must love others. The NIV translation says, love must be sincere. It has to be real. It has to be, listen, I've come to the point, I'd rather you don't say anything to me than make up stuff. Because sooner or later you can see through that. Pastor, you know I really love you, I got your back. I say, really? <laughs> you didn't act like it three months ago? Amen, show me, don't tell me. A lot of you need to tell people, just show me, don't say nothing. Just shut up all of the rhetoric. Don't write me no more love notes, all that stuff. Just show me. Because love is a demonstration, not just a verbalization. May I preach? Second key insight taken from this incredible passage says this, we must hold firm to that which is good and we stand against that which is wrong. Listen to what Paul writes. He writes very quickly. He says, hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. The English Standard Version puts it this way. It says, abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. If people gravitate to wrong, if they enjoy evil, if they enjoy hurting people, they aren't genuine. If they enjoy seeing other people hurt, they're not genuine. If they celebrate somebody else who treats somebody else badly, ah, that is not genuine love. The text says, hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. And then the third key insight from this incredible passage says this. We must, with genuine affection, honor each other. Listen to what Paul writes in verse 10. Love each other with genuine affection, not fake stuff. And genuine affection can't be demonstrated by how much your gift costs. Can I preach to someone? Don't, don't equate expensiveness with genuineness. There are a whole lot of people who put their expensive gifts on social media for everybody to see. But sometimes that same person who gave you an expensive gift gave somebody else one costs more than yours. Genuine 
affection. Woo. Please don't miss this point. I thought about this in between services, Sister Gwen. Genuine affection is not what you give me, but how you treat me. Amen. Because I know people, I, I've got people, I've seen people can give the best gifts, but treat their spouse like a dog. Give the best gifts, but treat them cruelly and horrible. The gift can't make up for who you really are not and what you really do not feel. The Amplified Bible says this. It says, give preference to one another in honor. Treat people with honor. Promote others even above yourself. Selflessness is a wonderful attribute of an attitude with love. If you've got somebody that only gets happy when they talk about themselves, or they only feel good when other people talk about them, if you can't celebrate somebody else's success, that's not real love. You ought to be just as happy when somebody else achieves something as if it was you. When we celebrated Dr. Ronnie Hopkins, who was here at eight o'clock, listen, you ought to feel like that was me. You ought to have such godly pride that God has blessed somebody else because God has no respect of person. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. Just because it hasn't happened for you yet, does not mean it will not happen. But you've got to learn how to celebrate somebody else. Can you bless God for blessing somebody else? Put somebody else out on your social media feed. What about this? Perhaps, perhaps this is a novel idea. It makes no sense, particularly since I'm not really huge on social media. Uh, and so perhaps what would happen is we took a week to put nothing about us and put something just about everybody else. I thank God for Gwen Taylor. Oh, she has the best catering service in the world. You ought to use her. I, I thank God for Deacon Albert Simmons. What a mighty man of God. I, I thank God for so-and-so. I thank God for, what if, what if, what if, what if? Maybe it makes no sense. Pastor Jackson, you don't have a clue, but what if you just take a break from you? And what if you promote somebody else? What will happen? Well, the Bible gives us an idea. May I preach this? I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know it's hot summer months. You got things to do. But the Bible gives us an idea. Job chapter 42. And when Job forgot about Job and prayed for those who criticized him, God turned Job's situation around. Maybe God will bless you this week when it's not about you. Who am I preaching to? Maybe when the concentration is on others. Maybe God will bless you. I told the church earlier this morning, we've seen enough of you. We know all your poses. We know all your positions. 
We've seen every situation. We saw you at the hairdresser. We saw you at the beach. We saw you at the restaurant. We saw you at the store. We know everything God has blessed you with. So let you take a break. And take a moment to promote somebody else. And watch God bless your situation. Won't he do it? Will he do it? Yes, God will do it. Listen, I want to conclude this message today with a very special passage of scripture. And I want to talk about what does love really look like. First Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 and 7. Paul, who writes this Romans epistle, writes this. Deacon Moore, and what Paul says is, here's what love really looks like. Let me share something with you. I shared this this morning. I want you to take it in the spirit of which it was given. My mother is perhaps the most incredible person I have ever met. No, no disrespect for anyone else. A lot of people just assume because I succeeded my dad and loved him, I had an incredible, awesome dad. That my prayers, Deacon Melton, has always been, Lord, let me be like my dad. But can I tell you the truth? I have prayed more prayers for God to allow me to be like my mom than my dad. Why? She never passed through the church. She never started a ministry. She never preached once. I think she preached a half a sermon one time. Okay. And we couldn't get her back up to preach me anymore. Uh, she, she, she never did anything. I don't think she's ever posted anything on social media. I mean, she never promoted herself. And I want to say this, and I mean this. The reason I prayed for God to let me be like mom, even and please don't take this the wrong way, Bishop, okay? Even more, my dad. Because the one, the one thing my mom had that even my dad didn't always have is that my mom had such a tolerance for other people, even those she did not. And she had such a tolerance for people whose beliefs did not always conform to hers. I loved my dad, but he didn't always possess that, okay? He had some wonderful qualities, some wonderful things, but he was pretty rigid on certain things. You know that, Pastor Lawson. But my mom, it did not matter. She had such a tolerance for people, and she demonstrated the attitude of love in such a powerful way. She's never heard me say this. And she's here today, and I'm saying it for the first time. I used to get on my knees and pray, Lord, let me be like my mom. In fact, there was a minister who came to town. He laid hands on me once, and he said, let the spirit of Bishop Jackson transfer over to you. And I said under my breath, let the spirit of Mother Jackson also walk side by side with the spirit of Bishop. I wanted Bishop's vision. I wanted his commitment and passion for excellence. I wanted his driven tenacity to never give up. But I also wanted that tolerance that my mom had. 
that somebody I disagreed with, I could still love them. Somebody who did not share my views, I can still embrace them and still love them and still call them my friend. And Paul writes about this as we conclude this message in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. He tells us what an attitude of love looks like. And this, this when I, every time I read this, I think of my mom over and over again. And I say, Lord, that's who I want to be because I have never once heard her say one bad word about anybody, even if it was constructive criticism. She would always end it by saying, but we know that there's a good side. And some of us will be there stretching our heads and what is the good side? There is no good side. She said, yes, it is, baby. There's always something good you can say or believe about someone. And God said to me as I was putting this message together, that's what an attitude of love looks like. Look at what Paul writes. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful as you stand to your feet, wherever you are. Uh, It is not proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. I want to say this again. Love is not irritable. You don't easily get on someone's nerve who practices an attitude of love. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Look how Paul ends this. Love never gives up. That was my mom. (laughs) And there were times perhaps she should have given up on some of us. But love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It is always hopeful. And it endures through every circumstance love finds a way (laughs) look at somebody say love finds a way love finds a way to come through the worst of it love finds a way when somebody breaks your heart and somebody walks out of you and abandoned love finds a way not to give up on anyone that's love and so as we prepare to conclude today's message Let us remember that this kind of love that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 13 that he references in our text in Romans chapter 12 this kind of love is only possible through a transformed life a life changed by God. If you want to love like this If you want to love like this, if you want this kind of love, you're going to have
because the people around you may never change. The folk you work with may always be nasty. You may always have a rude supervisor. You may always your life that's trying to take you out or bring you down. Pray that God change them. Change me. And when God change you, God will help you endure Woo. every circumstance. The altar is now open for those who choose to come. Perhaps there's someone who has a request from the Lord. If you're viewing virtually wherever you are right now, take a moment and tell the Lord to change you. Woo. Because that's where it starts. Tamla Mann writes this song that Janelle Mitchell and the praise and worship team shall sing. And I love this song. It says, change me, oh God. Make me more like you. Change me, oh God. Wash me through uh, and through. Create in me a clean heart so that I may worship you. Then the song goes on to say, a wonderful change has come over, has come over me. Anybody want the Lord to change you? Wherever you are, if you're viewing virtually right now, stop what you're doing. Uh, put a pause in whatever you're doing right now. This is altar time right now. Your altar is wherever you choose to make it. If you're here and you want to come, we ask you to safely come. If you're staying at your seat, we, we can take that. If you're at your house, wherever you, if you're listening by way of radio and you're riding in your car, whoo, and if you can't pull over, then ask God to just speak to your mind right now. Come on, Janelle. Come on, praise team. Listen. Whoo. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Change me, oh God. Sing Janelle, yeah. Make me more Ooh. like I, you. Ooh, sing your song, Janelle, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Change me, oh God. I don't know about you all, but that's my testimony, yeah. Wash me, me. through. Uh, wash me, Lord. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Create. Just create. Create. Ah, ah, do it, Lord. Ah, so that I, so that I, ah, may, may I want to worship you. Worship you. Say it again, Janelle. Change me, oh God.
make me more like you. Say it, say it, say it. Change me, oh God. Wash me through and through. Anybody want God to create? God, you've got to do it. Do it, Lord. So that I may worship you, cause I need you to change uh, me. Anybody here? Come on, church. I want a yeah, change, change in your life. Gotta do it. You can, Lord, do it, Lord. pretend to love others really love them hate what is wrong hold tightly to what is good love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other eternal father we thank you we bless you Ooh. We thank you, Lord, for 
We have now just heard another glorious attitude that you want us to incorporate in our everyday life. An attitude of love. An attitude of genuinely caring about the well-being of someone else. An attitude as Paul described in 1 Corinthians is kind, is patient, is not jealous, is not arrogant, is not boastful. It remembers no wrong. It endures every circumstance. Thank you, Lord. Let that change be in us. Even if folk on our job never change, change us. Even if members of our family never change, change us. Let us demonstrate the love that you love towards us unconditionally. Let us show that love towards others. And when others see the kind of love that we've demonstrated, you will get the glory, not us. I know you can do it. And if there's someone who is not yet there, you can change them. You can change their hearts. They may look the same, but they don't act the same. They now have a different attitude about life. We know it can be done because you've done it before. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. And everybody that know it is so said amen. Amen. Clap those hands. If you want to commit your life to the Lord, if you want to join this church and you're here, elders are in the back. If you want prayer, if you want somebody to pray with you and pour for you, if you want to make a commitment to the Lord, see the elders, see the ministers in the back of the church right now. Amen. To those of you that are joining us virtually, there's a number on the screen. Amen. If you want to be saved, if you want to dedicate your life to the Lord, you can do it today. Don't wait for others to change. Ask God to change you. Pick up the phone. Send us a message. If you're here today, amen, take that step of faith and watch God bless you. Before the benediction, we want to thank you so much incredibly for the vision offering that you have taken such a great part in. God has blessed us in such a marvelous way. They are four different projects uh, that are on the drawing board right now uh, that are either under construction or under negotiation that we hope to announce before the end of this year. Because of your $7 a week, God has done incredible things. Let me tell you something. I shared this with the church earlier today. When we first announced this, there were those who says, wait a minute, the year before we asked all the members to sow $500 above tithing and offering to pay off the debt. And the enemy was saying to me, how can you go from 500 to seven and think you can do anything? But here's what they failed to realize. We may give the seven, but God does the multiplying. And when God does the multiplying, 
God, let me share with you a interesting stat. As of June the 30th of 2021, only asking for $7, we have been able to raise or to gather or to receive more than June 30th of 2020 and 2019, each of those years when we asked for $500. Somebody say, but God. The reason God did the multiplying, Deacon Lumpkin, God said, if you trust me with the seven, I'll take care of your needs. And when God blesses us with this and that, and when we unveil all of that, Daryl Jackson gets no credit or no glory. Please don't do that. I don't deserve any of that. Bible way should not get any credit or any glory. But God gets the credit and God gets the glory because it was God. Thank you so much. Continue to sow and watch God bless you. Amen. Stand to your feet for the benediction. Come on, what a wonderful change. Yeah. How many of you know? Uh, what a wonderful change. Yeah, yeah. One, yeah, yeah. Wonderful change has, has One more time, say for Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, Lord, has come over. Join us on Tuesday night. Come back next Sunday uh, for the fifth message in this series. The fifth message I'll tell you now is called An Attitude of Hospitality. Treat people right. And watch God bless you. Amen. Come and be a part of what God is doing. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us now tomorrow and forevermore. It's in Jesus' name we pray and give thanks. And everybody that loves the Lord said amen. Thank you for being a part of this worship service. The ministers, the elders are at the back. Amen, man. God bless you. Thank each and every one of you for tuning in. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. 
If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you, or if you are moved by the message in any way, please be sure to share with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website, that's bwcar.org.